My name is Kirsten Hedges, and we are here for another day of Sunday School. I'm very excited for the class today. Uh, we have Brandon Knight here back with us. He is a founder of this program, a founder of our store, Modern Mystic Shop. He also is a repeat um, speaker and teacher here on the program, so it's really nice to have him here today to talk about a subject that, to be honest, is really buzzworthy right now. Um, it seems like you can't go on to Instagram or scroll through uh, Hulu or Netflix without seeing a TV show or some sort of topic around this idea of the witch and this word witch. And so I'm really excited that Brandon's here today to talk about witch in a way that has some context uh, and is going to walk through these various archetypes of what a witch is and how that can manifest in different forms. Um, so I think it's going to be a great class. Uh, if you would, please put your hands together physically or virtually to welcome Brandon back to Sunday School. <laughs> Thank you, Kirsten. Um, today we're going to be going over essentially what Kirsten said, the archetype of the witch. I often find that um, the way that media portrays the witch obviously is fraught with prejudices and um, uh the, the lack of what is actually necessary to convey this archetype properly. This is a very ancient archetype that's contained in all of us. Um, it's, it's a very old thing, much like a magician or the hermit or um, any, any number of the, the, um, the archetypes that are contained in, say, for instance, Tarot or um, from a Jungian understanding. Um, the witch enters this, this whole um, scene in a way that um, that I believe is the future of the human state. Um, this is where we're all headed. This is where we all um, are going to end up if we're going to survive as a species um, on this planet and in the universe in general. Um, so the, the the context that media gives the witch is is nowhere near explaining any of that or or an understanding of that. So I thought I would do a, a little something on this. This archetype is very um, comprehensive. Let's say it is um, it's complex and comprehensive because it is the future state of humankind. It isn't one of those things that you could just skirt over. It's it has a it's multifaceted. It has a lot of levels and layers to it. And so in that. Um, it, it draws for us, the whole point of an archetype, right, is to draw for us a roadmap for us to get to a certain point or state within. It's, it's about traversing the inner worlds and the evolution of who we are. And um, the witch is all about evolution. That is what the witch is all about. It's all about um, transformation and evolution. That's what, where the witch goes. It's how the witch achieves this that sets it apart from the other archetypes and and where and what gives it so much meaning in my estimation so um, so let's introduce the concept of the witch and um, and see where we go um, the archetype of the witch represents evolution the evolution of all of humanity kind of what I, what I said before in the last frame but um, you'll see why here in just a moment uh, why the witch um, this archetype calls us to a, a deeper understanding of self and a deeper understanding of our environment a deeper understanding of how we interact with uh, the world at large and the universe in general. Um, the, uh, this archetype embodies the forward thinking highest ideals of a human being. And so, um, and I think that you'll get a concept of that as we go along exactly how deep this runs, but also 
how magnificent it is. Like if, if we were to embody this, this concept in a very real way, um, every person would change their community, uh, would change who and what they are and what others are around them and how um, the world literally responds to them. Um, so due to this, I will only briefly be covering how this archetype interacts with the human state's constructs. And we'll be discussing more uh, what is beyond all of that and evolutionary potential to form a roadmap for where we need to go, not where we are. I'm going to define where we are a little bit as we go, but this, this archetype is more about the fringe. It's more about what is beyond the human constructs of religion and control and uh, what is what does it mean to live beyond the constructs that we have, the, the societal constructs and the social constructs that we have in place right now? And what does it mean to overcome them and move through them? The witch is all about those concepts. Um, so I'm not going to be um, talking a lot today about how the witch interacts, say, for instance, with racism or with um, uh, societal problems like gun violence and things like that. Um, that'll be another conversation. This is This is where... Um, I discuss the, the concept of the archetype as it embodies itself in its highest potential. That's what I'm discussing today. So that when someone mentions a witch and they start talking about all the prejudicial things that come out of media, you can say that's really not what a witch is. It's not where we're, we're headed if you claim to be a witch. So I want you to get a concept of that today. Um, these are the foundational tenets of this archetype. Uh, these are some of the things we're going to be discussing today. We don't have time to cover them all. I'm covering some of the major points. Um, the witch archetype understands everything is energy, not just uh, in the West. We have a uh, trouble with this. In the West, we, we don't understand this. We, we, we think that things are just purely three dimensional, that they're just purely physical. And the, um, one of my friends who is a, an accomplished witch and author shared with me a Venn diagram one time of, um, the, the objective reality was in the middle on the side was spirit. Um, on the left-hand side and on the right-hand side was material, right? And at the top um, was the mind and how it all interacts and intersects with every single component of that whole Venn diagram, right? And objective reality is actually in the middle of all that. And the witch hopes to understand energy in such a way that they can experience all of that at once as opposed to being so material-oriented so physical and three-dimensional oriented that you miss the spiritual component of the human existence. Or you can be out of balance the other way, where you can be so astral focused that you are detached and that what you say doesn't make sense, right? The witch hopes to form mastery where uh, they bring gnosis into the present moment in a way that embodies the concept of evolution, true human evolution from a spiritual, material, and objective focus. And so the, the beginning of that understanding is understanding that everything is energy and that we can interact with everything on an energetic level, even if it is just a table or the, the mouse that I'm holding, you know, or, or the keyboard in front of me. Understand that everything is made of an energy and that we can connect to it on a plane and a level and an awareness that goes well beyond what our five senses are capable of, of understanding. Um, enlightenment is achieved through fulfillment of desire in this archetype. And so that's a very interesting thing, right? Uh, you oftentimes hear that fulfillment of desire is something that's evil or something that's not, not okay, but it's actually a, a very basic and foundational uh, concept of human existence is that we have desire, we're born with it. 
we're born desiring air. We're born desiring love. We're born desiring physical comfort. We're born desiring, you know, all kinds of things. Um, and if what you're born with is evil, you know, or the concept that, it, that it's just not right or, or needs to be rejected, um, then you can't go anywhere from there. <laughs> you can't evolve. You can't, can't do anything with that. And so um, in the concept of the witch, the way that they handle that is that they believe that fulfilling all their desires will get them to the point where they can offer up surrender. And they, they can um, actually interact with the world in a way that, that removes the constructs that keeps them small. So we'll get into that a little bit. Um, authority comes from self-gnosis and authority is a very, very big concept in the witch, the archetype of the witch. Self-authority, authority over um, your being, authority over um, what you have uh, to offer the world and yourself and everyone around you, authority over all of that. Uh, it comes through self-gnosis. And what I mean by self-gnosis is knowing the godhood aspect of the self. Um, and we'll get into how we achieve that a little bit. Real power is in the remembering and awareness training. So remembering is a very interesting and mystical concept when it comes to um, how the witch approaches this. Um, and this is something that's innate. It's not something that you necessarily try to remember and then all of a sudden you got it. It's through a practice. And so the witch has a practice for remembering um, who she or they really are. And so um, real powers in that concept. Um, so we'll get into that a little bit and what awareness training looks like in, in this archetype. Um, the witch also understands that belief gets in the way of real wisdom. Um, I don't even have a slide for that because I don't know if we'll have um, uh, time for it. But I can get into that really well. A lot of my teachers uh, believe this and a lot of a lot of really accomplished witches who actually have spirit tradition practices that I know of that are that are really deep and have good gnosis. They understand that beliefs are just a story. Um, they're very powerful stories that drive us. They're very powerful stories that we have put together according to our experiences that lead us to a certain place. Right. Um, the concept is to remove the glue between your beliefs so that they don't stick together and so that they don't form these stories that you just have to abide by, right? Um, so that you can be adaptable, flexible, and that when something happens, you can actually see the wisdom behind it, not just be triggered, right? So um, th those are basic tenets. There's, there's a little bit more to this archetype. But I, I figure though um, that's going to be encompassing enough for the time that we have that you'll get a, a clue of, of where we're headed with it and uh, the juxtaposition of what the media um, poses as a witch. So let's go to the tenant one. Everything is energy. And feel free to ask questions along. Um, type them in, in the, the thing or unmute yourself and, and kind of just, you know, um, butt in if you need to. I can't see anybody because I'm sharing my screen. Um, but um, I'm sure that uh, that we'll be able to work that out as far as uh, questions go. So um, everything is energy. The witch understands that all things are energy. Everything can be interacted with on a micro or, or small level and a macro universal level. And because everything is energy, the witch understands that everything is connected, right? So the witch archetype understands that as I'm speaking to this human being in front of me, right, in a, in a store somewhere or I'm out somewhere or even on a phone, right? The energy of that conversation, how it impacts that person, how it impacts me, right? As, as a witch on the phone or as a witch in front of this person and the ripple effect that it makes is an energetic exchange and an energetic event. 
And so in that, you can make it into something that actually affects a lot of things around it. And the witch studies these things in depth and how to do it. So all of us have taken advantage of this concept at one point in our lives, mostly unknowingly. So say for instance, when we're children, right? For sure we certainly have, and, and we have as adults, if we're being honest with ourselves, we have manipulated people to get what we want. And so that includes love, that includes acceptance, that includes um, a new car you know, or, or whatever it may be. It doesn't matter, a meal. Um, um, we interact with our family members at the very least, and certainly our friends and uh, acquaintances in a way that gives us an advantage, in a way that gives us a psychological advantage, in a way that gives us an energetic advantage. And oftentimes we don't even do this consciously. It's an innate way of, of operating from the time that we're children because we learn how to manipulate when we're children. Children do it the best. They know how to put on the crocodile tears. They know how to, how to say things a certain way to get that candy, how to, how to do whatever it may be. But that's an energetic exchange. Now the witch makes this a study. The witch makes this a study. That the witch goes into all the different components of this exchange and starts to study um, the tone, the energy, the voice that's spoken. Um, the social pressure created from how the person maneuvered in that and what they said and even the energy that they gave off in the orc field to affect another human being. Um, the body posture and how that affected the energy flowing, the sense for nuance exchanges, connection to the object of person, how it is achieved, and much more. It's a complete and total study from top to bottom of how energy moves. A witch understands this. A witch makes it um, in, in particular language and the way of frequency hits a certain component of experience, right? They do this masterfully in ritual where we walk the thin line between the astral and the physical planes and we start to develop gnosis using the voice, using the energy of the body, using the way that we can sense energy in the body. It's one of the things that the witch makes an absolute study. They study the energy. They study how it feels. They study how it flows. They study how it's spoken. They study everything about the energy. The archetype of the witch, the highest ideal of the witch, makes this a complete study. So the witch creates systems through art, which in effect are rituals, to create a dynamic way to master the energetic exchanges contained in the astral material world concerning energy. And so they, this is really a big component of this archetype and how it runs. Um, so the, that's the whole point really of rituals for the most part is giving it a platform for energy, giving um, the rituals offer a, a foundation level platform so that the energy can run on it. That's what a ritual is. And it creates gnosis, it creates, um, the energy can go forward and create portals, can create um, openings and doorways and things like that. You get the new job because you did that ritual. You get the car. It creates opportunity. It creates different things. It, it starts to envelop and master fate in a way. So a very interesting thing. The witch devotes themselves to creating from this foundation since they understand that all things begin from an objective place, the void, or that's where all things begin as an energy. The witch wants and needs to create something from a place of truth, from a place of objective reality as much as possible. That way it has more permanence. Does that make sense? And what they create is more powerful. And they do that by working the energy or the concept of the energy in the moment. Whether that be through ritual, whether that be through their blood, whether that be through their DNA, or however it may be, that's what this archetype does. 
It's one of the most powerful foundation principles that they have. Any questions over that? Tenet two, consciousness is achieved through the ego, not by denying it. And so when I talk about desire, that I'm essentially talking about ego. Um, so enlightenment is one of those things. And I didn't really mean consciousness, I meant enlightenment because consciousness is kind of a different um, concept between um, enlightenment um, and, and what's offered there. Um, but con uh, enlightenment is achieved through, through desires. And this is how it's kind of done. Um, and I've spoken about this a little bit before, but uh, as I stated, desires are something that we're born with, so they're not evil. No matter what the desire is for, um, unless it is to actually harm other individuals, and even that desire needs to be explored. It needs to be something that you at least conceptualize and talk to someone about and move through the energy of it, right? And you can even mock move through the energy of it through a ritual or whatever it may be, or through Gestalt therapy, but all desires need to be explored. There is no such thing as a desire that <coughs> is so taboo that you don't need to explore it or have a conversation around it at the very least. You need to understand it, embrace what desires you have and move through them. Don't act on them, obviously, if you're going to harm other people um, without cause, but all desires are something that has to be explored. Once you get to the point to where you start meeting those desires through ritual and whatnot, it starts to, to loosen up the, the concept of survivalism um, and uh, the concept of a foundational level of experience where you're bereft in life. Like um, say for instance, the opposite of this would be the devotee in a monastery. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them, but uh, monks in monasteries and things like that completely eschew themselves of desire. And in that, right, um, they aren't out in the world creating change. They're creating change within themselves, but only through a lockdown version of themselves. They, don't, they aren't even giving themselves full access to all their being because their being is desire. That's what they are. They're an ego, like all of us. And so it's not necessarily the, the proper way to achieve what the witch is trying to achieve. The witch is trying to achieve um, a foundational level of evolution that is wild, that is unbridled, that is not limited, right, by the concept or the constructs of human uh, thinking. This goes beyond that into a more of a universal gnosis. And so you do that um, through uh, really going back to who we're born to be. And you only do that through moving to the desires of the ego, because that's how you kind of uproot the programming but you've got to do it in a conscious way. You have to move through your desires in a conscious way. You can't just willy nilly go through your desires and expect to do anything with them that way. You have to go through it in ritual and in practice. You have to explore what they are and dissect them, right? Really get into your desires and see what they're all about. So make it like the last tenet, you have to make this a study. The witch archetype makes this a study. What does it mean to um, study my desires and achieve them? What does it mean to go through my desires and actually um, not want anything anymore so much that I desire spirit above all? That is the, the concept of the archetype of the witch. So when you start to fulfill desires in, in, um, in very real ways, it leads to a shedding of the self. It leads to, well, I, I thought I wanted that car, but now that I got it, I really don't want it that much. So what do I really want? See, I'm, I'm starting to shed 
superficial desires and starting to get deeper and deeper in my desire. And I'm like, what is beyond that desire? What is beyond the next desire that I achieve? And where it leads is the desire for spirit, the yearning, the understanding of the desire of, of spirit and the concept of that and what it means to merge with spirit and the highest ideals of the universal laws of energy and understanding of self. The only way you achieve that is if you move some of the more superficial aspects of the self, if you move through those aspects, not by denying them, but by fulfilling them, then you can get to something deeper because you understand that those desires don't mean much once you achieve them. But you can't understand the concept that they don't mean much if you don't fulfill them. You still will always want them. That makes sense? Because you were born naturally wanting. You were born in this ego to express it. And so that's the concept that the archetype of the witch understands. Um, so therefore, the archetype is typically always represented by the divine feminine figure. So this is an interesting concept, right? So whenever we think of witch, whenever you see an archetype of the witch, it's usually a woman riding a broom or, um, or some, uh, uh, someone who identifies as a woman doing a thing, right? And um, due to how the fulfillment of all desire is love or heart expansion, and that is the natural state of, divine, of the divine feminine as opposed to divine masculine, which embodies the emptying of oneself or consciousness. So let's go into that a little bit. So this archetype, right, represents as, as a woman and what I believe in a non-binary way represents the divine feminine, right? And the divine feminine aspect of all of ourselves, once you start to give that credence and start to integrate that in a very real way, right, divine feminine aspect of self, the way that, um, the feminine aspect of the self becomes divine is through heart expansion, right? So that's the way divine feminine expresses itself in, um, in its highest idealistic self is heart expansion. The yearning of love, the yearning to, to meld or to reach out and connect with spirit in a very foundational way, the, the ability to connect with all things that way, right? Divine masculine is the, the yang aspect of that, right? It's the opposite of it, where divine masculine wants to cut off from everything and achieve consciousness through emptiness of self, right? Divine masculine wants to express itself by meditating a lot, going out to the cabin and listening to the waterfall, right? And sitting, um, sitting in, a, in a yoga pose maybe and, and just sitting there and, and just being, right? That's how the divine masculine expresses itself. Divine feminine, on the other hand, expresses itself in a way that has love at its base and connection with all. As opposed to a separation, divine feminine reaches out for everything. And that is the basis, once you start to move through that, for all magic. All magic, all ritual is achieved through connection. It's achieved through a very real and foundational way of um, reaching out and pulling it into the self so that you can embody it and also reaching out and becoming one with something else. It's almost like unity consciousness in a way is what the witch is trying to achieve. And it does that through heart expansion, the fulfillment of all desire. Once you move through all the, the superficial desires and, and you fulfill those, you start to realize that nothing will satisfy you but heart expansion. At its very base level, nothing satisfies the human state more than love, than real beautiful, amazing connection and unity consciousness. And so that's what this archetype really gets. This archetype understands that. This archetype maneuvers in that way. It is uh, highly valuable to the witch 
to have that fulfillment of desire in that way and to achieve that and to have that end result. So um, without desire and ultimately heart expansion, there is no growth according to the witch. You can't grow without expressing this ego, without going through it and really getting into it and understanding it through gnosis and self-awareness. Um, this achieves massive energy that can be used extensively in ritual and otherwise. So if I am reaching out in heart expansion to the point to where I've achieved um, a desire for connection that, that rivals, uh, a, a, an, imagine um, fulfillment of desire in a way that, uh, that achieves love, like real love, in a way that, um, that is a yearning, like an ancient, almost wise yearning that we all contain within us. And this overwhelming sense and need to connect overtakes us, right? And it becomes an ecstatic ritual at that point. You will achieve gnosis. You will achieve a connection with, with a, a spirit, an astral form, a force in the universe, and you will also see, achieve gnosis of the self all at the same time that will bring enlightenment. It will bring a form of enlightenment to you that will change your life, right? So that's how that works is through heart expansion and love. Once you start to fulfill desires enough, you start to explore your own ego enough, you start to reach beyond it and through it to something much more conscious. So um, that's that aspect of, of this. Any questions so far? Um, yeah, Brandon, we actually do have a question in the chat box and it was from um, pertaining to tenant one. Mm -hmm. And she asked, how would one start from an objective place? when you were talking about uh, starting with objective truth to move uh, between like material and astral, um, Gigi's wondering how to start from that objective place. Well, you don't start from that place. Um, you start actually here. Um, the, the reason why I go back, why I mentioned um, everything is energy is tenant one is because that is the basic concept you have to understand to even maneuver as a witch. You have to understand that, that everything is energy and that we can um, interact with it in ways and study it in ways that are well beyond the three-dimensional understanding that we have through our five senses. And that's one of the basic tenets you have to understand, period, even begin to maneuver in this world. And so um, the objective reality is not something that, that you, you, um, you have in your mind or it's not something that you automatically have in, in this being because this being is very programmed. Even who we're born to be isn't um, without the programming, isn't something that, that um, really interacts with objective reality in a very, very uh, direct manner. Um, you, you experience, even just for a moment, eventually, if you do ritual enough, eventually, if you work on yourself enough and, and you study energy and the interaction of energy enough and long enough, and you have enough experiences around that, eventually, you will experience just for a moment an objective piece of reality and you'll know it when you experience it and be like whoa like that's crazy that's a universal truth I, wow um but it takes it's almost like a life work it takes years of practice and uh, and deprogramming the self and understanding of the self and awareness training and ritual to get there sometimes for some people it may not but for the most part, in my experience, when all the people that I've trained and all the people that I've worked with and myself included and all the teachers that I've had over the years, um, achieving a moment in time 
where an objective reality is, is, um, is perceived is that's almost like a life work. So I, I misspoke. If I said you have to come from an objective place, it's very hard for any of us to come from an objective place because we're also programmed. And so the thing that you have to do is study and work the energy enough to the point to where through ritual, you eventually um, perceive an objective piece of reality. That, that's, um, that's another way that the people achieve enlightenment through the witch archetype. Did that answer the question? Yeah, I think so. We'll see if she responds with anything else in the chat box. Yeah, she said, okay. yep, that answered it. Okay, cool. Here we go. On to 10 to 3. Authority comes from self-gnosis. So let's go into this a little bit. It's not something that's really focused on in our society. What, what does self-authority mean? The witch focuses on this intently because um, for the witch, the, our type of the witch, what's happening is you're engaging in contracts constantly. Now, all of us do that. The witch just studies the contracts more. You're engaging in social contracts when you get married, when you have a boyfriend or girlfriend, or um, when you have a partner, or, or when, you, um, uh, when you have a friend, you're engaging in social contracts, and you're signing those contracts without knowing. You, know, you and your friend are going to have social contracts and expectations of each other, um, and when you move into this, that require both of you to set up boundaries or have self-authority, have a good sense of the self in order for you not to be taken advantage of in the relationship. And oftentimes, if you're in a relationship where you're studying yourself and you have, you're going to therapy or whatever it may be, and you have awarenesses around your relationships and how they run and what's running the relationships, whether it be an identity you created or whether it be you know, a natural part of the self, whatever it may be, you understand that you, uh, you come to understand that you're creating contracts that hold different expectations than what the other person expects and that you need to rewrite the contracts. You need to sit down and say, Hey, I, I need better boundaries here, or I need to, I need to rewrite the contract that we made. I'm, I'm not comfortable with doing this or that. Um, and so that's on a micro level on a macro level. We're doing that constantly as well on inner, on an energetic level and on a spiritual level or quote unquote astral level, however you want to put that we're constantly making contracts. And so the one thing that you have to do in order to make a contract be in your favor or at least be fair is for you to have authority. You have to have a self-governing sense um, of authority that is very real and very strong and very intact in order for you to maneuver through the, the, our understanding of, of the physical world, spiritual world, all of it. Our understanding of reality requires that each individual have authority if they don't want to be taken advantage of. And I'm not even saying that you, you could surround yourself with the best people you know in your life or in your world. But still, however good the people are that you have as friends or family or whatever it may be, they have their programs too that run them. And they have their ways of manipulating that are subconscious. And they will take advantage of you in certain uh, aspects and directions if you don't have a good sense of boundaries and authority for the self, right? And so authority is a foundational principle of our type of the witch authority in a very real way that makes you stand that makes you um stand in place and um and understand yourself through and through at least from that perspective as much as you possibly can that's a very important concept for the witch and the archetype of the witch um that i'll go into other aspects here so this archetype is here to challenge all social constructs and to live on the fringe of human understanding at large so that if you're going to do something like that if you're going to be a witch 
and you're going to move through the social constructs that everybody else holds so dear and they hold on to for dear life. Um, whether it be the concept of, of you know, uh, racism or whether it be the concept of, um, of money or whether it be the con all these different concepts, they're all movable to the witch, right? And they can maneuver around them in a certain way because they have the authority to know themselves well enough to do it. And so um, that's at the fringe of human understanding because everyone wants to hold on to what triggers them. Everybody wants to hold on to what they have a hard time moving through, right? And so the witch attempts to uh, start to maneuver around a lot of that and start to understand it from the outside in, like the shaman does. The shaman stands on the outside of social constructs and kind of looks at it and says, hmm, that's funny. You know, I don't abide by any of it, but that, you know, it's interesting to watch, you know, and they can still be in it and still be um, even a victim of some of the things. But what they're able to do with their self-authority is set up boundaries well enough where they get the minimalized amount of the brunt of all those constructs coming at them. And they're able to move through them and sometimes overcome them in a very, very real way. And I'll get into uh, uh, an example of that here in just a moment. The witch resides at the hedge between the perceptions of physical and astral reality, walking the thin line. This allows the witch to experience wisdom and gnosis about themselves and the universe that gives them an awareness that goes beyond human social constructs to create miracles. A good example of that is um, Cecile uh, Fatiman. She's a Mambo priestess who performed the rite of Boakaman, who, and I'm, I'm butchering this, this is all um, Haitian language, I'm butchering the language, but um, who's pivotal in freeing her people against the enslavers through sheer power, overcoming any perceived discrepancies. This is the Haitian revolution I'm talking about. Um, Cecile Fatiman, um, the Mambo priestess who, who did that rite, literally, um, uh, basically just powered through all of the discrepancies of power and perceived power there was between um, the slaves in Haiti and their enslavers. And she allowed them through the power of their blood, their DNA and all that they were and their African heritage through ritual work to maneuver outside of that construct, whatever it was and overcome everything to completely push them out and take over Haiti. That makes sense. And so that's, that's an example of, of this at play how authority and self-gnosis actually expresses itself through the witch, right? Um, Cecile Fatiman is a beautiful example of that. Voodoo is one of the most amazing spirit traditions um, that's out there. And so um, she was able to do that uh, because she embodied her godhood through ritual. She embodied her self-authority through ritual, and she was able to pass it on to her people. So... It's a very, very um, interesting thing that happened with that right. You ought to look it up. It's super, super cool. Um, but awareness training through experience of spirit and the astral brings self-authority that is true freedom, not a boxed-up version of choice. This authority is universal, infinitely powerful. And what I mean, what do I mean by a boxed-up version of choice? A lot of people think because they have choice, they have freedom. And that isn't the case at all. Um, oftentimes we can only choose from within our own constructs, right? If Cecile Fatiman, for instance, had only chosen to do and live through her own constructs and was not a voodoo priestess, she would have just remained a slave. That's what would have happened with her. But because she had enough awareness through encountering the astral and her own godhood and had a partnership with the forces of her ancestors and spirits that have been interacting with them since the beginning of really their, their culture and, and them as a people. And so... Through all of that, they was able to gain almost infinite power, overthrow that, and take over the whole island. 
And so um, if you remain in a boxed up version of, of the self, what I mean by that is your programming, your environment, um, what influences you, um, what you were told you were when you were little, that is all you'll be choosing from. Through self-gnosis and true knowledge of the self and through ritual and through Gestalt therapy and, and some of the other practices that we have available to us to become an archetype of the witch, right? And through ritual, through that, you can start to maneuver through and pass that programming to become something much more powerful and claim yourself, claim your life in a way that has real boundaries, real understanding of consciousness and enlightenment and power. If that makes sense. Any questions about this screen? Okay, we'll move on. This is kind of a, an interesting concept, right? So this isn't talked about a lot in, um, in even in metaphysical circles, it really isn't talked about too much. Um, but this is a, a very real part of this archetype. And so um, real power is in the remembering. What do I mean by that? And so let's go into it a little bit. So the practice of remembering is an innate state achieved through ritual and awareness training, gestalt therapy, past life regression, uh, the reunion process that, um, that Kelly does, um, the lunations that she does. She uses something called the reunion process for that. Um, and that, that is, uh, is an amazing process that, that starts to clear ancestral and lineage uh, blockages that are affecting you now and, and um, it took her, you know, a year and a half to get certified in it. I'm certified in it too. Um, it's basically a healing ritual process that was made by a group of psychics and, and doctors and things like that. It's just an amazing thing. But all these, these different traditions and, and things that actually have impact um, on the state of the human, um, they start to point back to what remembering actually is, right? Because the concept is, and let me see if the next... Yeah, the witch through Gnosis understands that in the present moment, we are the manifestation of all lifetimes before us, and we carry immense power and godhood in our blood and DNA. And so there is an innate sense of remembering even in your DNA and blood. You know, science kind of supports this by saying that we, um, we have uh, almost seven years, at least seven years worth of trauma or experiences contained in our DNA. I mean, seven generations seven generations of, of uh, trauma and experiences in our family line. So my grandfather and grandmother, my great-grandfather, my great-grandmother, my great-great-grandfather, my great-great-grandmother, and beyond, right? Four more generations back or, uh, or so, I inherited all the things that they experienced, right, on a nuanced level in my DNA today. And that's just what science can explain. Beyond that, there's the metaphysical aspect that they can't explain that goes far beyond that. <clears throat> so the archetype of the witch doesn't understand time as a linear thing. The archetype of the witch understands that in the present moment, we're experiencing both the future and the past right now. Even quantum physics and quantum science goes into how um, the, uh, the future affects the past. It's a very interesting thing. You can uh, look at some YouTube videos on that, but they actually do experiments where um, uh, um, uh, the way that atoms are broken down and whatnot, when they're when they're sent out and they, they're going toward an end place, right? Um, they can predict how that atom's going to end up to the end place by how it responds in the present moment, 
right? It's in, in other words, it foretells exactly how things are going to end up because time is not linear. And so the witch understands this and understands that we are the embodiment of all existence in this moment. And because of that, if we can just get back to the remembering on a very innate level through ritual, through some of the practices that we have available to us um, that are really great spirit technologies, we can start to have an interesting and amazing interaction with power and with the concept of how we can expand and evolve. Um, because there was a time when humankind was, um, how can I put it? extremely evolved and very, very powerful and able to create just by thought. Um, that is the alternate kind of understanding of history and, and how, we, how we came to be and what we came to evolve into. Um, uh, you can study the Anunnaki and a few other things uh, when it comes to that, uh, some of the alien cultures that came to visit us. Um, and uh, that, that kind of plays into the archetype of the witch. The witch understands this all through an innate gnosis. The witch doesn't have to understand if it was Anunnaki or not, or if we're visited by aliens or not, but the witch understands that this archetype understands that we're the embodiment of everything in the present. And all we have to do is unlock ourselves enough, unlock our DNA and our access to our own blood and self enough to the point to where the remembering starts to become an embodied movement where we, the remembering is um, in the present moment, something that takes place and we embody that and we become a different so um, clearing for this to be embodied and lived is the ultimate life work of the witch. So becoming the embodiment of, of the higher self and all aspects of the self in the present moment, that's the life work. That is the, the absolute um, and ultimate gnosis. Um, that is when you become like a God. That is when you become a God is, is when that happens. Um, so, uh, clear, clear, clear through ritual, through understanding the self, through um, understanding the energy, through um, all the different tenets. I think this last one, yep. Yeah. Um, this requires the processes and nuances to come to bear for all the tenets combined. So all the tenets I've mentioned so far and the ones that I even I haven't, this, uh, this process, the remembering, the embodied remembering, it requires that all the tenets come to bear. Our understanding of energy and our mastery of it understanding the self and self-gnosis and our, our ability to claim our own authority and get a hold of ourselves and our lives and set up good boundaries. Um, the list goes on and on of, of everything that has to come to bear in order for this to be a movement. So, um, and that's all I got um, right now because I wanted to uh, leave enough room for, for questions and things like that. It's 1145. So I figured we'd have 15 minutes worth of Q and A if you wanted, um, or I can go back and talk a little bit about um uh what was the oh how belief gets in the way of real wisdom if you like so it, you all let me know what you would like to do um in in that and we'll go from there yeah let's see uh l says yes tenant five please cool all right so let's just go into tenant five this concept came to me by way of, of a native american teacher that i have named ocean night bird she's utterly unbelievable um just depth wisdom and just um she is a, a wise woman of her tribe and she's just really really great in, in so many ways but um she said something one day that that completely blew my mind to start exploring it and i thought wow there's there's a lot to this because she said belief gets in the way of of real wisdom and um or belief gets she just said it plainly just belief gets in the way of wisdom period 
And the concept of that, right, is, is something that's shared by the archetype of the witch um, after I started exploring. I was like, yeah, that, that fits in this archetype. Um, because in order for us to achieve gnosis through the astral plane, in order for us to achieve a sense of, um, of self and um, to study the, the energy in a way that, that takes limits off things, but you ever heard of limiting beliefs or, or belief limiters, right? So a lot of coaches take this, this approach where they're going, okay, what's your limiting beliefs? Let's get those down on paper. Um, what's the ways in which you box yourself in in life? And what are the stories that, I mean, essentially what they're asking is, what is the stories that you're telling yourself every day when you wake up, when you plant your feet on the, on the ground that keep you small, that keep you um, thinking that life has to be a certain way? For a witch, reality in life has to be no way. For a witch, the potentiality is what's embodied and understood. For a witch, um, all things <coughs> and access to all things, whether it be the yin and the yang, the chaos and the order, or what we like to call evil and good, or whatever you would like to put it out there as, the witch wants access to it all from a neutral place. That is part of the life work of the witch to achieve neutrality so that access to everything can be garnered and enlightenment can be embodied in that way. And so um, what beliefs do is they tell you and make you run on programs that don't give you access to anything other than what they purport. And so in order to have access, for instance, to power a certain way, if I have a belief structure around it that keeps me from it, then I can't see the wisdom of that power. I can't see the, the concept of it. I can't see what it means. I'm not even open to it. And so that whole section of, of power or energy that I, that I may have um, had access to had I been able to work on my beliefs or been able to work on the stories that I tell myself and hold to so tight, right? Um, if, if I had worked on that and made it loose and made it in a way where I could see around it some, or where I could even remove it and say, I don't have to believe that. Like, you know, there's, there's this concept over here. Wow. That's really powerful. Go for that. And so for instance, um, say for instance, I want to work on, um, really clearing myself of dogmatic programming that, um, that keeps me in a place where, um, I believe, uh, let me give you a good example. I believe if, if um, uh, you know, one that, that would keep you from being in this archetype in general, that I believe if I, do, if I practice ritual a certain way that I'm a bad person or that I'm going to hell or whatever it may be. Um, that's a story that's played out a lot, right? So if we have access to power, we're a bad person. Um, but if, if I had done work on um, that kind of programming and I was able to loosen it up and, and loosen that story around power, right? And understand that power just is, and power is something that we all have access to. If I'd worked on my belief structures enough through Gestalt therapy or through ritual or through reunion process or a program like that, that removes it on an innate and subconscious level where actually I'm not afraid to do ritual a certain way, then I have access to a whole slew of spells and rituals that can transform my programming more so than what I could have otherwise. Um, and that's how belief, that's how it plays out in like practicality belief keeps you in a box. Whereas if you remove beliefs and you keep them very loose or at the very least keep them very loose, it's, I think it's impossible to remove all beliefs. We have beliefs we're human, but if you keep them loose, 
if you keep them to the, if you work on yourself enough to keep them to the point to where you can have a perspective that changes and that adapts in a very real way and you don't hold on to anything too concretely, then that gives you the opportunity to have access to a lot of things you wouldn't have otherwise. Um, and in particular, it allows you to see the real wisdom that comes to you through happenings and events. Because if I believe something like, say for instance, if I believe I'm cursed and then I start having, you know, car accidents and wrecks and things like that, or I, I never arrived to a place on time and, and things like that, then my belief that I'm cursed puts me in a helpless position. I can't do anything about it. What am I going to do? How am I, how am I going to remove this curse? How am I going to know who even cursed me? You know, all these things. Or how do I know if it's something that's inherited? Where do I go to get it uh, uprooted? You know, all these things. Um, and there are ways to do that kind of thing. But if I was new into this and coming into it, and I held that belief, then I'd be afraid and I wouldn't be able to do anything about my, uh, my state of life around um, the things that I believe I'm cursed about that would be empowering or that would be able to move my life a certain way. And so I wouldn't be able to see the wisdom of how to maneuver. Does that make sense? And so that, that's an example of how a story that I created for myself that I'm cursed started to permeate and, and control the way that I responded that has little to no power or is impotent. And so there we go. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. So Elle said, uh, it seems that beliefs are stories, which are fine, but you can't remove them or grow into wisdom without lived experience. Wisdom is gotten through lived experience. Yes. Um, so sort of just asking, is that, is that the movement that you're talking about? It's more along the lines of the movement I'm talking about. So, um, I, I teach a depth course with people that last, um, sometimes 90 days, sometimes eight weeks. It depends on the group and it depends on how I'm, how I'm doing it. Um, where we go through what it means to challenge beliefs and structures and stories and, and what that means. And I always tell people that I'm not going to change your beliefs by reasoning with you. I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to change the story that you tell yourself that limits you by speaking with you. Um, the only way that you're going to do it is if I give you a set of rituals or experiences that you go home and do and allow the experiences to teach you. Those experiences have to teach you something different about your belief structures than what you currently hold in order for you to move them any. You can't move them just by talking yourself through them. You can't move them any by reasoning with them. You have to do it through experience. So yes, I mean, essentially, that's more along the lines of the movement I'm talking about. Wonderful. Thank you. And then Gigi has a question. Uh, she said, what if you're already in a process of remembering certain traits come out in your personality, feelings or body that you've never done before, but it comes out without ritual. Is that what remembering is? Yes, that, that is a process of unfolding the self and remembering. Um, that, that is the process of your gift coming out. And so all of us are born with, with spiritual gifts and the way that we interact with energy and the astral some of us have more of a perceptible way of that coming out. Some of us weren't programmed to the point to where we suppress that and keep it really, really small where we can't work it some. And so our belief structures and our stories allow us to have a little bit more access to it. Um, sometimes our ancestry will do that too. Um, that's, um, that is the process of remembering some, but there is a multi-layered way of remembering that goes well beyond what you're experiencing, Gigi. The, but it is the beginning of it. It's the beginning process of remembering. Yes, you can take that much deeper and go to um, much more empowered places 
if you start to use processes like the reunion process, or if you start to do ritual, or if you start to do some of the other things that I mentioned, like style therapy, then the remembering will take hold even deeper. And then you'll start to go inward into your inner worlds that much more. And the remembering will unfold and you start to, to really um, do it. But you, that's the beginning process. Yes. You're showing signs of the beginning process of remembering. Beautiful. And so we have a few more minutes left. If anyone has any questions, um, feel free. We could probably take one more uh, to send it in the chat box or unmute yourself. Um, while we're waiting for any possible last questions, Brandon, can you talk to us about the work that you do? And if you're someone who's in a position of, you know, beginning to remember or wanting to move towards uh, enabling some sort of practice to put together to confront beliefs, uh, can you talk to us about how people can work with you? Sure. I created a proprietary coaching program um, that basically transforms uh, the inner world of people um, on a consistent basis. And so what it does is what we're talking about today. We move toward the archetype of the witch in a very real way, in a comprehensive way. Um, we study, we, we learn what it means and have a, develop a practice around studying the energy and what that means. Um, we, we move and develop a practice around uh, what it means to start to remember. Um, we move and we practice to develop the means to, um, to have, to challenge, uh, structures that, that keep us small and, um, and do those things. So it's, it's usually an eight week program. I think the next program I'm going to put on is going to probably be a 90 day program because I'm going to make it digital due to, uh, COVID. But, um, and, and then we're going to have, we'll still have one-on-one -on -one sessions. We'll still have those things that'll be remote though. Um, but, um, but it'll be a, a very interesting and amazing, uh, group, this next group that we're going to have. So if you wanted to, to be in on that, I believe I'm going to be ready to be able to offer things the first, uh, the first week of August, but I'm not for sure about that. It may be a little bit later, um, in the month, but sometime in August, I'll be starting another program. So. Wonderful. Yeah. And then, um, Brandon will also be back, uh, to Sunday school in four weeks, uh, to have another class. So make sure to join that as well. Gigi had one last question that I know you can talk to very well. Uh, she asked, what other rituals are out there? Are you able to do them yourself? Sure. So yes, all rituals and this, this, it's very interesting, right? Um, the way that the archetype of the witch has presented itself and the way that it's come out in, in human evolution and understanding, I do believe there's a purpose behind it. Um, because ritual is always done solo most of the time. Very rarely will you do ritual in groups, in a group setting, because ritual is, uh, is about gnosis of self and, no, and the gnosis that you experience with spirit and the concept of the astral plane and, and the energy. That is all an individual uh, movement. It's not something that's shared by everyone else. Every great once in a while, there will be spiritual phenomenon that's shared by groups of people. But for the most part, spiritual phenomenon and the ability to evolve in those circles is meant to be done solo, is meant to be done by the self. Um, and there's, there's all kinds of rituals that begin that process. Um, Gigi, you could look into something, and this is a deep ritual, um, and I normally teach this to people in my, um, in my class alongside them so that they can understand the nuances and get to the complexity of it and the depth. But there is a ritual called the LBRP, Lesser Banishing Ritual, the pentagram. Doing that on a daily basis can literally change your fate, can change your life um, because you start to 
do a lot of the things that, that we discussed today. You start to change your own story. You start to have different experiences. Your spirit experiences start to change. Um, but it is quite a complex ritual to learn. Once you learn it, it can be done in like seven minutes. But learning it is the, is the thing. There's all kinds of names and everything else that, um, that are hard to uh, conceptualize and remember and, and everything like that. And normally, uh, you, can, you, can, you can learn it on your own. But it's a lot easier if you have a teacher or somebody that's there that, that knows how to do it. But yeah, that's one that I would recommend that's comprehensive enough to set, to start the journey of the actual witch, like really getting in contact with the different things. That's that's a beginning ritual that would be that'd be excellent to, to start to take you deeper into the remembering, deeper into the story um, and changing and shifting it and also give yourself authority. So many different things that, that ritual does. But yeah, that's one you could you could take on if you wanted to. All right. She said, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Brandon, so much. Um, that was great content, a lot to think about and digest. Um, we record this every Sunday and turn it into a podcast. So if anyone here wants to listen again, uh, which I definitely will be doing as well to just grab all this great information, you can check it out on our podcast and listen in a few weeks um, to this content. Thank you, Brandon, for being here. Thank you, everyone, for being here with us day. Uh, I hope you all have a great day and a blessed Sunday. Thank you. This episode was produced by Kirsten Hedges and produced and edited by Georgie Harris. For more information, visit us at modernmysticshop.com and click on Sunday School.